0: I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.imturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also, feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 193, Chasing Turkeys Using the Onyx app with Dylan Dowson. And I am your host and the guy who is pleased to announce another poult sighting. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second, but right now we are 253 days, 11 hours, 53 minutes and 40 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And yes, I have hope that there will actually be a spring turkey season in Alabama next year. The reason that I have hope is, as I mentioned, I had another poult sighting this past weekend. So Sunday morning, I saw two hens solo, no poults. That doesn't mean that there weren't poults standing in the edge of the woods five or ten feet away from mama standing on the side of the road, but I did not see any poults with those two turkeys. Then I saw another unidentified turkey with no poults. That turkey could very well have been a jake. I did not see a long beard on it, so I know it wasn't a gobbler. Well, I guess it could have been a gobbler, but with beard rot, but... That turkey did not have any poults. I do know that. It was a pretty good ways off and I just could not identify whether or not it was a hen or a jake. And then on my way back home from fishing, at about 12:30, I saw one hen on my place with five poults. And I was actually in my truck headed out. I was on the road and I topped the little hill on my place and I saw a hen and five poults standing in the road. And it was pretty interesting what happened from here. So two of the pults immediately took off and ran right behind mom. Mom just froze and the other pults froze and they were standing there. And after about, oh, I don't know, 20, maybe 30 seconds, I had enough time to grab my phone, pull up my camera app, snap a few pictures, and the turkeys were just still standing there. So I decided to move the truck a little bit closer to them. So I let off the brake. And slowly started creeping towards them. And that is how I was able to get a good count of the pults, Just to make sure that there were five. Because that was my initial count. And when I got about 60 yards from the turkeys. The hen just laid down on the side of the road. Two of the pults went running over towards her. And got right up against her. But she was just sitting there on the ground. With her head kind of halfway off the ground. So I kept watching her, and I kept pulling closer in the truck, and I was just trying to figure out exactly what she was doing. I'm still not 100% sure, obviously. When I got about 10 yards away from her in the truck, she just nonchalantly stood up and took about six or eight steps into the woods and disappeared. I've seen hens do different things when they are protecting their poles, one time I had a hen who was standing in the middle of the road just blow up into full strut and the poults went running and ran up underneath her. And then other times, most other times, they all just simply walk off together or run off together. This is the first time I've seen a hen just flat out lay down. And I really think that there's probably two things that we're factoring in there, first of all. She was trying to make herself a little bit less noticeable, maybe a little more invisible. But like I said, part of me thinks that maybe she was trying to draw attention to herself and away from the polts because she knows that she stands a much better chance of escaping a predator than her polts do. Anyway, it was cool. I was excited about getting to see more polts. Obviously, you can probably tell that. And I'm still a little skeptical about this year's hatch because I've seen about, I'm going to say one and a quarter to one and a half poults per hen. And I think that the biologists say that two poults per hen is a good pullet to hen ratio. Not great, just good. So I think that most biologists would probably say a one and a quarter to one and a half pullet per hen ratio is pretty poor. Now obviously my observations and opinions are limited. They're unscientific and subject to change as I drive my truck around the next curve in the road. You know last year I was very worried about the to hen ratio in central Alabama just from my own observations and I rounded a curve in the road headed towards my property and I saw probably 40 poults with about eight hens and of course that Threw my numbers way out of whack because I was seeing very few poults, and then all of a sudden they're just hanging out in one huge flock, it appeared. So, until I drive around the next curve in the road and see a flock of 40 poults with eight hens, I'm sticking by my gut feeling, and that is that this year is not a great year for poult recruitment, but I still just can't help but get excited every time I see some young wild turkeys. In the woods. Okay, so I have a great interview for you guys today with Dylan Dowson with OnX. Dylan is a community coordinator with OnX, and I met him at the NWTF convention in Nashville this year and chatted with him about coming on the show, and well, we've got him today. And as you probably already know, I used the OnX app this spring while turkey hunting a good bit. And I don't mind telling you that I believe that the app is well worth the money that it costs to get. There are at least two turkeys this season that I don't think I would have killed if I did not have access to the info in the application. Those of you who already use it definitely know why I am a believer in the app. And hopefully you'll learn something new about the app in today's interview. And for those of you who do not already use the app, well, you'll probably see the value in the app after the interview and you'll want to pay special attention at the end of the interview for when Dylan gives out a coupon code that will save you 20% on your first year subscription. So let's do this. Let's get on with this interview. Here's Dylan Dowson with OnX and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody, I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me today, Dylan Dowson with OnX, and I am going to pick Dylan's brain a little bit about the OnX app, and we're going to talk about some different ways that OnX can help us be more successful during turkey season and while we're turkey hunting. Now, Dylan, before I jump in with to the questions with you, I want to say that even though this is a turkey hunting podcast, pretty much everyone that listens to this show hunts other game as well. So you're welcome to give us any kind of tips or or anything on how we can use the app a little differently for elk or deer or even upland game or, you know, whatever it happens to be. So feel free to to throw that in there if you get the opportunity. But how are you and where are you today?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. First and foremost, Andy, thanks for having us on for sure. Um, I'm doing great today. It's my Friday right now, and after this, going to go meet up with some family and enjoy some lake time over the 4th of July, continue to get ready for the season here in Montana coming up quickly. So I'm doing great, and I am actually in Missoula, Montana. That's where Onyx is is based out of. We do have a couple different offices. We've got an office as well in Bozeman, Montana, which is about three hours down the road. But, yeah, we're in Missoula, Montana here, and that's where Onyx was founded.
0: Very good. So, just so everybody can kind of get to know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. And you and I were talking before the recording started, and you were telling me that you're a turkey hunter. So, tell us how you got into turkey hunting as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I was born and raised in Montana on the other side of the state. So, I was born in eastern Montana. Missoula is pretty far west. So, Hmm. from where we're at here to where I grew up in Montana, it's about an eight hour drive. So, quite a ways, but born and raised in Montana my whole life. I grew up hunting and fishing. My dad introduced me to hunting at a super young age, which I'm super thankful for and actually my first first harvest was a turkey cool. over there in Eastern Montana down on the river bottom. So, vividly remember that one. I was, I was pretty young and called it in and yeah, it was it was a blast. And so I've been hooked on hunting ever since then and you know, we we were fortunate enough to have a pre pretty healthy turkey population here in montana i would say primarily hunt big game and then in the spring springtime definitely get out and do do some turkey hunting as well as some spring bear hunting here in montana was fortunate enough to tag out well not tag out i still have an extra tag but notch one turkey tag this spring and then help a co-worker and a few other people notch some tags so uh yeah it's been it's been a great year
0: good deal that's exciting we were sharing some stories before the recording started, and you, you were you were getting me fired up. Which it doesn't take much to get me fired <laughs> up about turkey hunting, but you know when you talked about taking a co-worker out and calling a bird in for a co-worker, I thought, man, that's just that's what it's all about, you know. And as I get older, that's really what I enjoy more and more is calling birds in for other people. And of course, don't get me wrong, I always enjoy squeezing the trigger on one, but giving back to the sport is is something that is moving way up the priority list for me so and that's oh
1: yeah absolutely it's it's been great this spring whether you know turkey or spring bear hunting you know i've been very fortunate enough to share camps with lots of really really great people some people old friends and some people you know that we had just met on the way to camp and and shared camp together and and it's been yeah it's been a great great start to 2018 with the spring seasons and as you mentioned right before we started here, September is right around the corner. So before we know it, I'm going to be chasing elk and deer and, and antelope and everything else with the bow. So, yeah, it's, it's coming up quick for sure.
0: Yeah, awesome. All right, so tell us a little bit about the OnX app. Kind of, you know, a, I guess a 10,000-foot view. What is it, how it came about, and then not only where we can find it if we don't have it already but how much it cost as well.
1: Yeah, so onex just quick background of the company and where we started. Onex was started in 2009 by Eric Siegfried our founder. Eric's still still with us and whatnot. He he grew up grew up in Montana as well actually just right down the road from where I did. And when Eric moved from eastern Montana to western Montana, basically, you know, he wasn't familiar with the area. He was a a huge hunter, huge outdoorsman, and, you know, wasn't super confident of where he could and couldn't go. So basically he solved his own problem by compiling as much data as he could. And at the time and how Onex started was he compiled that data and put it on a micro SD chip that fit in like a Garmin handheld unit. Mm -hmm. So then he could, you know, take that GPS out into the woods or the back rows and, And drive around and see not only where the private and public land was you know who owned the private land but he could also see in relation to that where where he currently was at on the map so basically you know he created that for himself to use and then realized that it would help you know thousands and thousands of people all throughout the country so started on x with that the chip and then a few years later you know, we realized that pretty much everybody these days are carrying around a smartphone in their pocket, which has GPS capabilities in it already. And so, we started working on the Hunt app. And essentially, what the Hunt app is at a 10,000-foot view is it the Hunt app turns your, your smartphone or tablet into a handheld GPS unit, fully functional, just as accurate as, you know, a Garmin handheld unit. And what it does is it will show you all kinds of data. The primary reason most people get the app is for the private and public land. So it'll show you not only the private boundaries, but it will show you who owns that private property. and it will show you the public lands, where those are located, color-coded, whether it be state, BLM, forest makes it super easy to, to just, at a glance of the map, realize what, you know, what land that is. And then there's a ton of other data. We've got topographic maps, aerial imagery, we've got fire Historic wildfire records you can add to the map. Hunting units, the game management units, possible access. In Montana, we've got programs called block, well, a program called block management where it's private land, but open to hunting for public. You know, we show that data. Just, it's endless the amount of data and I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more of that later. But so you can choose what, what you want to see on the map at any given time. You can mark waypoints. You can track your hikes can do lines, routes, anything that you would on a on a GPS and have it right, right on your phone everywhere you go. So, yeah, that's kind of a 10,000-foot a view. And I guess to answer your second question, you know, right away, if people don't have it and want to check it out, you can go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, search for Onyx Hunt, and it'll pop right up. You download it, get a free seven-day trial. It's 100% risk-free. We don't charge you or anything after that seven days. And if it's something that people are interested in, we've got two different options. So we've got a premium membership, which is a single state membership that runs twenty nine ninety nine, so thirty bucks a year. And the elite membership for all fifty states, all the data that we have is ninety nine ninety nine, so hundred bucks gets you all fifty states for that. But yeah, that's a ten thousand foot view. Probably there's there's a lot of data and integration that goes into it for sure.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. When you were telling us about the cost of the app, you said for one state and all the information in that one state that the cost was twenty nine ninety nine or twenty nine dollars. Is that right? For a year? Yep. Yep.
1: Okay. Twenty nine ninety nine, yeah. So basically thirty bucks for one state, a hundred for all fifty.
0: Okay. But we're not married to that one state, are we? So if we sign up and say, Hey, I want the one state and I want that state to be Alabama, can I change that state mid-season, but I'm just going to be able to get access to one state?
1: So when you do choose that state, say you chose Alabama, but you were planning on going to three or four different states that year, you would actually have to upgrade to the elite membership to get access to all 50. And the reason being there, is, you know, the the obvious, you know, if I'm planning on hunting 10 different states this year, otherwise I would be able to purchase one state and just, you know, switch it 10 different times. But, you know, what that elite membership does too is it allows you to scout, you know, those upcoming states, especially if you're going out of state. Most people have limited time, limited resources to make it happen. And the last thing that you'd want to do is get to a new state or a new area and not have a a plan or a plan B or a plan C in place. So what that elite membership does is it allows you to, to, you know, plan out your hunt. And so when you get there, download the maps for offline use. And when you get there, you're, you're good to go.
0: Okay. That's good information to know. So, all right. And you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, I want to scout and I want to study those maps for weeks, if not months before I drive across the state line to go hunt somewhere. So, you know, having access to those other states today for a hunt that I'm going to go on next month is critical in my opinion. So, all right. Yep,
1: absolutely.
0: Good to know. And I've been talking about the app a good bit as I've been traveling out of state to chase turkeys this spring. And I used the Onyx app, I, I would venture to say, daily especially while I was out of state because I did a good bit of public land hunting while I was out of state and it that app being able to establish where the boundary lines are it, it's just huge and you know even for areas that I was pretty familiar with and I'm talking about back at home now mm-hmm. but you know, to be able to be in the woods and you come across a fence and you say, okay, well, is this the actual property line fence or is this a cross fence? And you pull the app up and take a look at it. And of course, you know, it gets you pretty dang close. It's not exact to the centimeter, but it gets you pretty dang close to where you, you know, where the actual boundary is or or where you are on the maps, just like typical GPS data would. And, it's just been a huge help for me this year. So I'm, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories very quickly about how I used the app to help me kill a couple of turkeys. So I went out of state to Georgia, was the first state that I went to this year. And I rented a cabin in Georgia and I was in the mountains hunting public land. So we're in north of Georgia and i have my wife with me just a weekend trip just to kind of hang out and for me to hunt in the mornings and for us to do some hiking and hunting in the afternoons as well so i get there and i had a couple of spots in mind i went and checked those out heard some turkeys on the roost but nothing on the ground and an hour hour and a half after fly down you kind of feel like well the morning is done it's just early season in the southeast You know, it can either be really good or really bad. So Mm -hmm. I start out just walking and trying to cover as much ground as I could. That morning, I ended up really having nothing going on. And I went back at lunchtime and I pulled up the Onyx app on my phone and also on my computer, on my laptop. And so I started looking at the topo maps and the satellite imagery. And I found a trail that went up to the top of a ridge the road. It was probably a mile from the road to the top of the ridge and this trail followed the top of the ridge for about three miles. So I said that's where I'm going this afternoon. I mean that's kind of a no-brainer to me. You get up on the top of this ridge and you don't have to worry about three or four hundred foot elevation changes. You just stay on top of the ridge and walk. So that's what I did. I ended up seeing a turkey and then the next morning I went in there and killed him. But I don't think going in there blind to that piece of public land. I just don't think I would have had the success I had on that trip without having the features of the Onyx app at my fingertips. And so that was huge. And I did kind of the same thing when I was in Minnesota this year hunting. So I talked to a guy from Minnesota and he said, look, these birds on the public land they like to roost on the public land and then they'll fly down and they'll go to the private land ag fields and they'll hang out in the ag fields pretty much all day long just depending on the weather so i got to where i was going to hunt in minnesota and sure enough i mean he just he hit the nail on the head the first morning i get out i chase a bird i can't ever get in front of this turkey the turkey beats me to the ag field and is just on, on private land is where the ag field is. And that turkey's just there all morning long. So finally I left that bird and went and looked for other birds. All the other birds I could find were in the ag fields on private land. So I said, well, I know what I need to do. I need to go back and I need to find some public land that has ag fields on it and that's the public land I need to go hunt and sure enough I found a great looking piece of property that was public land that was about 30 minutes from where I was staying and it had huge I mean it was probably 70 percent ag fields I went in there that afternoon and killed a turkey there in one of those ag fields and so you know, to me, whatever the cost of the Onyx app is, I'm paying it, especially, especially if I'm hunting out of state. It's just, it is so worth the money. And you're, for someone who's going to take the time to take off work and be away from their families, and they're going to spend the money to go out of state on out of state licenses, even if they're hunting public land, you know, we're all trying to get out and, and enjoy the sport that we love as inexpensively as possible but this is a tool to me that is just as important as my shotgun shells and you know I'm sold on it I mean I, I can't tell you you guys enough how much I really enjoy the app and have found it to be so useful in my hunting excursions. Yeah
1: we we definitely we love hearing those stories and we do hear them all year long whether it be at trade shows or events that we go to you know it's it's excellent hearing those stories and, and we love it and it really makes it super easy for us to get up in the mornings and and to continue doing what we do and i mean on is a place i i really love to work at it's, it's a place you know i'm not only passionate about hunting you know i also am about the product and and hearing those stories and i've got you know a pile of those stories myself because of it so like you said i mean you know i don't i don't know about you or everybody else but i know i spend a lot of time and a lot of money every single year on hunting equipment and preparing. And you know, the amount of money and gas that I spend every hunting season to go to my spots is probably more than what I want to ever realize. Hmm. So to be able to, you know, for a $30 piece of equipment and a $30 tool for your state, to be able to know where you can and can't go and to be able to maximize your time out there is definitely, in my eyes, very inexpensive. But, yeah, I mean, to your point there you know, I was kind of telling you about our my turkey hunting story, one of them this year with a coworker and and buddy me and Zach were out I think it was it wasn't opening weekend. I think it might have been the weekend after here in Montana. went up to an area that was pretty pressured on public land, a lot of people were were out turkey hunting. I know some people were successful in that area and We pretty much had wrapped it up. You know, we had a couple birds going in the morning. We're not successful. Didn't really get anything to commit. Spent, you know, I think it was like four or five, maybe three, four or five hours out there, working a couple birds, and we were pretty much just wrapping it up. And there's one little piece of public ground that was probably a quarter mile wide and a half mile long that we decided to check out one more time before we headed back to town and hiked up a couple hundred yards from where we parked and immediately had a bird respond to us and we ended up working that bird for like half an hour i circled around us a couple times and finally we got on top of a ridge and kind of slowly called and he came right up and and zach was able to to take advantage of it notch a tag so you know without you know without looking at the maps and realizing there was a little strip of a public there there's no way that we would have been successful that day and You know it's not like that public was marked it was public you know without looking at the map we would have just drove right by it and i had no idea that that was was public because it was surrounded by private property just like you said you know private egg land and it was just a little strip of timber that we would have just driven right by so yeah it's it's great hearing those stories and and you know we've got several ourselves
0: yeah no doubt so Tell us a little bit about the landowner info. Where does that information come from? Because, you know, we can pull up the app and it'll show property boundaries, which is awesome. But then it will show us who owns that land. And if we click on or touch that parcel of property, it will give us a mailing address and information like that. How many acres that the, that parcel is. So Tell us a little bit about where that information comes from.
1: Yeah, so... That's kind of a tough one to answer just because every state and even some county to counties are different. For the most part, we get that data directly from the county tax ID. We we have an entire team of GIS personnel over over here at Onyx that, you know, they're, part of their jobs are to reach out to every county and compile that data and then update it yearly. So we're always constantly updating the maps and getting the most accurate data out there. But the other part is, to not only are we just taking that data and implementing it, we're also verifying and checking and making sure all the parcel lines match up the best that they can to really just make sure it's the most accurate data out there. So in a nutshell, as far as the private property, that's mostly where that com- comes from. And then public, public property, we do have a few different data sources for that. And yeah, it's, it's uh, A little bit different state to state, but we we do our best at compiling all that we can. That way we can verify and cross-check it and make sure it's up to date.
0: Yeah. Now, even though the app is a good resource to use, well, even better than that, it's a great resource to use. Do you still, for some of the public lands, recommend that we verify that those public lands are open for hunting, even though they are public land?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. It's something that I kind of take advantage of a little bit just because here in montana with very very few exceptions i do know of a couple exceptions but for pretty much the rule of thumb is if it's public land you know if it's forest land here in montana i can go hunt it now that does differentiate by which hunting district it is and of course you know a lot of the units up here in montana are draw so besides that if it's like a general general unit and public land for the most part, I can go access it as long as there's public access to it, being a public road or whatnot. But that is a great question because it's one that I personally don't think of a whole lot, but yes, absolutely. You know, the app is great to show you where you're at, where the public lands are, where the private land is, hunting units, all that information, but you're still obligated to know the legality of those public lands and just because it says it's public, might not necessarily always mean that you can go hunt it that Saturday. So definitely we suggest to always make sure and double check that you can access that. But general rule of thumb, for the most part, is, you know, very reliable. And if I'm personally driving down the road and I see a piece of BLM on the map and I know in that unit I can hunt BLM land, then I'm going to pull over and go check it out.
0: Yeah. All right. Very good. So I want to talk about some of the features of the app with you. You mentioned some of the features when you were telling us a little bit about the, the app. Let's dig in just a little bit more detail. I don't want to keep you too terribly much longer because I know you've got a about a five-hour drive ahead of you, so I don't (laughs) want to keep you too long, but let's talk about some of the features. Let's start with the tracker feature.
1: Yeah, so that basically what that does, and for the people familiar with the app or I've downloaded it, in the bottom right-hand corner of the map screen of the app, it just says that. It says tracker. So if I'm out, you know, if I'm out on a hike scouting or if I'm hunting a piece of property or, you know, if I've made a, a shot on a deer and I'm blood trailing um, anything like that, I go to that tracker and just hit start. From that point forward, anywhere that I walk, it will leave breadcrumb trails to show you where you've been. So everybody's going to kind of use that one a little bit differently. I know for blood trailing and, and tracking deer and elk, that one's been super valuable for me personally a few times. So you can see where you've been, you know, mark mark the the last blood you found and go from there and be able to look at it, you know, on a bigger picture. A lot of people use that as well for shed hunting in the spring. So, you know, if they've got, say, even a section, a mile by a mile area they want to shed hunt, they can just, every time they go out there to shed hunt, if it's multiple times, turn that tracker on. That way you can see where you've been so you're not doubling up and, and covering the same country that you've already done before. So quite a few different applications, but that's primarily what that one is there.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty cool feature. And I haven't had the app during deer season yet. So this will be my first deer season with it. But I can see how the tracker feature would be really important because you could, once you establish a direction the animal, animal's going, you can pull the map up and say, okay, well, is he headed towards a water source or a bedding area? You know, where what is this, What is the animal moving in the direction of? So I could see where that would be. Very useful for that, but not only that, being able to get back (laughs) after you start chasing an animal around in the woods and you're doing circles and it is easy to get turned around if you're not 100% familiar with an area. So I could see where that would be a, a, you know, very useful feature for that purpose as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's one that I kind of, I definitely overlooked there. And I would say almost the most important is, you know, the safety aspect of it going into a new area, especially here, you know, for me, Eastern Montana is relatively flat where I grew up, you know, it's rolling hills and there's some topography, but you know, I come over here and it's an entirely forest covered, super steep mountains, cliffy areas. So to be able to go to a new area or even an area that I've hunted my whole life and and track my way in and out, I'm super confident that I can be miles away from the, the vehicle when it's dark and get back with ease and I mean this spring for spring bear hunting it we we relied on that feature heavily to get out in the dark there's a couple drainages that we hunt that you definitely want to stay on the right trail and if you veer off of it by any degree you're going to end up in not a very good spot whether it be clipped out or across a creek in a bad spot or anything like that so in the dark definitely rely on that one a lot
0: yeah another feature that i think is pretty cool is the feature that allows us to measure distance and so we can measure not only a line but we can measure an area as well so tell us a little bit about those
1: yeah so if you're looking at the app right to the left of the tracker you'll see map tools and the map tools is where you can have waypoints the line distance the area shape that you were just talking about and so the line distance is on the left basically you can you know tap a spot on the map tap the other spot that you want to measure and it will draw a line there show a measurement and you can continue to do that you know mark out a food plot or you know an area sometimes i will use that feature to mark like a ridge line that i want to hike up and check out stuff like that so you can do that and all these things you can save you can name them you can add notes anything like that so can do that the area shape is kind of similar you can just tap you know three or four or how many spots on the map that you want it will draw a perimeter and then in the the center of that it will show how many acres that that area is that you drew same thing you can save that add notes a lot of people do that for food plot management they're you know planting crops see how many acres they need for that field and yeah a few different other applications and then the other one um, that i use probably the most often is the waypoint feature so right to the right of that you can go add waypoint it'll drop a waypoint right on the map you can tap the map to move that waypoint around you can select any one of any of our custom icons so you know we've got moose we've got turkey we've got deer we've got trail camera we've got tree stand truck wallow you know turkey all sorts of different stuff there so you can Choose what what icon you want there, give it a specific name, and go ahead and save it. And so when you save that, not only does it show up on your app, on your phone or tablet, but it also will show up, you get the app, you can log into the same membership on a computer version to look at it on a bigger screen. All the waypoints that you save or, or lines or areas that you save in the app will show up right on the computer and vice versa.
0: Very cool. And we can share those waypoints with friends, yeah. can't we? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So that one's relatively new, and I've I've used that one a few times. I was fortunate enough to uh, harvest an elk um, last year, and I was with a couple guys from work, a couple good buddies, and I filled my tag with last minute of light left, and I was two and a half miles from the pickup in some pretty pretty nasty weather, and I was able to text a coworker and friend of mine at the waypoint to where we were at with a, a downed elk and in the dark he was able to navigate right to us in the poor weather and help us pack it out and unload so that one is, has saved me personally quite a bit of time and effort
0: yeah i can imagine so with the tracker feature can we i think we can share that track after it's completed can we share that track with someone while it's in process
1: so we are currently working on the ability to share that track once it's saved we don't have that in the app right now okay but that's something that's definitely on our on our radar and we've got our engineer engineering team on that one working on the ability to to be able to do that so we hope here soon that that we can do that because that would be a a benefit for sure
0: yeah yeah that's cool all right so one other feature that i love is the off-grid or offline, I should say, the offline feature. So tell me a little bit about that and what is the, usually the the maximum number of maps that we can download and keep.
1: Yeah. So the offline feature, basically we realized the major downfall of the app or, you know, any similar apps is when you get out there for the most part, you're not going to have cell service, you know, I would say 90% of the places I hunt in Montana do not have any kind of cell service. So we we built that in to be able to save those areas before you go into the field and lose service. So as long as you download the area that you're headed to before you go out, you can leave your phone in airplane mode. It won't be searching for for that data, won't eat up your battery life, and it will still show you your map and your GPS location on it. So, if you go to the off grid in the app and just go to save new map, you can choose between three different settings a five miles wide, a 10 miles, and a 150. So, just 10,000 foot view on that is like the, the 150 mile wide area that you save. You know, you're obviously getting a huge chunk of land there, but it's less detailed. So, when you zoom in real tight, the aerial imagery won't be quite as crisp, it won't be quite as, as detailed. Whereas, if you choose a five or a 10 mile wide, resolution you can zoom in you know see water sources see that crisp clean aerial imagery so just kind of depends what I usually do personally is save like a 150 mile area where I'm going that way even if I deviate from my plans and head to a completely different area I'm more than likely still going to be within that and I can still see you know public private land where I'm at hunting units all that good stuff and then I'll go in and save my more specific areas that I want to go to with the five and 10 miles. So yeah, as long as you save that ahead of time and do your pre-planning there, then you're, you're good to go without cell service.
0: Yeah, that's a great feature to have. And I use that a great deal this year, obviously in, in my travels, because when you leave to go out of state, as you know, Unless you've been there before, you don't really have a good idea of whether or not you're going to have cell coverage. So it's always good to get those downloaded before you leave the house. And you also don't have to use your your data from your data plan on your cell from your cell carrier if you download it from home and use your Wi-Fi connection. So it makes it a lot quicker and a lot more reliable download as well. But
1: for sure and. So another thing with that, even if you do have cell service, sometimes we recommend still downloading that. And the reason being is if I'm going out for multiple days, I'm going to want my phone to be in airplane mode and not searching for that signal and eating up that battery life. Your phone, when you put it in airplane mode or offline mode within the app, it uses much less battery life. So even the areas that if I go to and I know I'm going to have service, if I'm worried about my phone dying or anything, which is a, a concern for a lot of people relying on the phone for a GPS, still download that area, switch your phone over to airplane mode and you know, you'll be able to go days without having to charge your phone.
0: Very good. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. So out of all the features, which feature is your favorite? And then it doesn't have to be the same one, but which one do you find that you use most often?
1: Man, yeah, think about that one for a second. I would say I'm gonna go with sharing waypoints for my most favorite just because <laughs> primarily because of that elk hunt I told you about yeah. and how much time that one saved us. In that particular case, it was already a long night with a, a downed elk in a couple packs, but without that feature, you know, I would have had to have either taken a load of the pickup hike the other, other two and a half miles back and grab another load or, you know, came back early in the morning and taken the day off of work. Cause it was um, Sunday night when I harvested it. Mm-hmm. So i w I'm going to say just for that one story right there, I, I got to go with the share waypoint for my favorite. Um, as I'm looking at my map right now, my most used feature is definitely the marking waypoints. I've got yeah. waypoints all over with notes and, closed gates or where I saw elk or, you know, where we were successful in turkey season this year. So definitely my most used would be be the waypoints and that kind of data management that goes with it. Besides that, you know, I'm kind of the typical, typical user and I'm using the private and public lands to see where I can go and, and to scout new areas.
0: Yeah, very cool. I want to talk about the off-grid again very quickly. I've got a question for you on yeah. that. So yeah. when we go off-grid, and when we've downloaded a map to our device, what functionality within the app is disabled once we go off grid? Any of it?
1: So that's a, that's a great point. Um, one thing, one thing you do have to make sure to do is turn on all the layers that you want to be on for when you're offline. So, for example, you know, if I if I don't have any layers turned on, if I don't have my private parcels turned on, or any of that, and save that that information is not going to be available. So you want to make sure that you have all the layers on that you want to use offline. There are a couple of very specific layers, and I can't even really think of them off the top of my head right now, that we don't host internally. So they're not available for offline use. I'm scrolling through them to try and find them, but it's it's definitely not any of the layers that you would need while out there. It's more like kind of preparation and, and a couple of planning layers and whatnot. But no, for the most part, once you save that offline, you get out there, you can still switch between the satellite hybrid and the topography, turn that data, those layers on and off, still use the GPS functionalities, mark waypoints, track yourselves, any of that stuff. The one thing that you can't do without cell service is share a waypoint. And the reason being is because you have to text the link to that waypoint to your hunting buddy. So right. that's the one thing that without cell service right now, you, you unfortunately can't do.
0: Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Dylan, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come on and talk to us about the app again. You know, I hate to beat a dead horse here, but I just, I feel like it's something that can help everyone who's listening to the show have more success, not only in the Turkey woods, but when they're deer hunting or elk hunting, or even hunting, pheasant or quail or whatever it is that they that that they want to get out and chase and so i definitely see the benefit of having the app and using it and i want the listeners of this show to be able to have every opportunity and to increase their odds in being successful when they're in the woods and i can definitely see how the on x app can do that especially after this past turkey season so Thanks for coming on and talking more about that. I really do appreciate it. And if anyone has any questions about the app or any of the features, is there a way that they can get in touch with you to ask those questions or get in touch with anyone at Onyx to ask those questions?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And real quick before I forget, Andy. So one of the new layers to what we added this last year, actually last year at the NWTF convention in Nashville we launched it is the NWTF Wild, Wild Turkey Records layer. I don't know if you've checked that one out a whole lot, but I wanted to mention that for a few different reasons. For one, we kicked off that partnership with NWTF, and then it does show all of the data that they've compiled. It looks like over 23,000 NWTF member submissions since 1982, they started compiling that data. So it does show that data in layer as a heat map, county by county. And so what we're hoping that does is it not only brings awareness to that, that data and that information, but we hope it spreads the word and more people start submitting their birds to NWTF and becoming NWTF members. And part of that partnership with those guys is we do offer a promo code to get 20% off the membership, first-time membership, and then we also donate a portion back to NWTF. So for anybody listening wants to check it out, you know if you purchase use the code nwtf at our website which is www.onxmaps.com. nwtf will save you 20 percent and help donate back to those guys so uh, i right, wanted cool. to to mention that before i forget but while you're on our website if you go to our support we've got a lot of great faqs video tutorials and we've got an excellent customer service here that definitely will will spend the time and take a phone call and answer any questions that you have or help you out and walk you through it. So you can find all that information on our website at www.onxmaps.com.
0: Awesome. Dylan, thank you again very much. I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July, spending that time with your friends and family, and please travel safely to and from and stay in touch with me, and let's see if we can't maybe in the not-too-distant future get out with a shotgun in hand and chase some turkeys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to Chatting again and thank you for having us on.
0: Glad to do it. Thanks a bunch. All right. Bye. Mm-hmm. All right. I hope that you guys enjoyed that interview. I know I learned a couple of new things about the app. One of them being that I'd never thought about downloading maps. And then when I get out into the woods, putting my phone on airplane mode to save the battery. But that is a great idea and a great strategy to use. And I will be using that one this coming deer season, I'll promise you. So I hope you guys got as much out of that interview as I did. Now with that, I'm going to ask you for my favor of the week. And my favor of the week is this. If you would, please like, share, and retweet this week's episode on social media. That's a huge help for the show. And I'm sure you know why. And that is it. That is all that I have for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review.